Simple Life Together, Episode 10, How Clutter Affects Your Life and Secret But Simple Military Communication Techniques. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last show, we talked about our edit and forget it challenge and the power of saying no. Today, we're talking about how clutter affects your life and some super secret but super simple military communication techniques. But before we start, we have a couple of announcements. And uh, like on our last show, this one goes out to our listeners in and around San Antonio and Austin, Texas. Karen Mead of Let's Get Organizing will be hosting our annual Organize and Energize workshop. It's coming up soon on Saturday, January 19th, 2013 from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at TriPoint on North St. Mary's in San Antonio. There's a great lineup of speakers talking about organization, meal planning, health and fitness, and yes, tech too. That's right. Dan's going to be speaking there. A little bit about um, smartphones and how to use them throughout your day. It's awesome. So for more information, check out letsgetorganizing.com or go to facebook.com slash letsgetorganizing. We hope to see you there. And if you haven't signed up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge for 2013 Fewer Things in 2013, then you can head to simplelifetogether.com and sign up by clicking the Edit and Forget It box in the left margin. We've had great response so far. With a few brave souls, a couple of them, yeah, a few brave folks out there signing up to join us. So thanks, and here we go, guys. We're just getting started, so sign up and start editing. Yeah, that'd be great. We're going through this all year, but sure helps to start right off the bat. Two thousand and thirteen is a lot of stuff. Yep, we got some other uh, accountability partners out there, I guess. Right. right? (laughs) And finally, we have uh, some listener feedback to catch up on, so we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. So we'll start off the topic segment and. Vanessa, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I get to go first this week. You sure awesome. do. Well, my topic is is clutter. Like something you know a little bit about. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> you know it when you see it, or maybe you don't. But more than likely, you definitely know when clutter affects you. You know, we've had here on the podcast, we've had a few discussions about clutter. We've talked about why we can't let go of clutter, some ways to control it, and we've even talked about how we, Dan and I, are personally going to edit what we have left of our clutter with our edit and forget it challenge. Yeah, we don't have a lot of clutter. No. Nope. That kind of goes with uh, Vanessa being a professional organizer. She'd... Right, but there's still things that you know we know that we can let go of. Yeah, we... But I don't know that I've actually talked about clutter on the show. So I thought that I would talk a little bit about it and how it can affect your life. So Okay. So what is clutter? <laughs> That's the question, right? Well, here's how some folks explain it. Princeton University's WordNet defines clutter as a confused multitude of things, to fill a space in a disorderly way, a confused disorderly jumble of things, filled or scattered with disorderly accumulation of objects or rubbish. So disorderly is the trend there. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, there's a little theme here, huh? (laughs) And Clutterers Anonymous defines clutter as anything we don't need want, or use that takes our time, energy, or space and destroys our serenity. I like that definition. Because honestly, that's what I deal with all the time with my clients, is that I see them consumed with their clutter and that it does affect all of those things. So, you know, clutter is more than just piles and piles of stuff. It's really a combination of new, of your, your old things, unused things, forgotten, misplaced, and even your emotionally or 
you're coerced into being emotionally <laughs> attached to items, <laughs> you know, things that. So everything just kind of mixed up disorderly, yeah. like, like kind of like the definition. The I guess it is. Yeah, you're right. So it just really is. It's just a combination of just all these different things. And, you know, clutter is more than just a physical item. I try to explain this to my, my clients is, you know, that item in and of itself is okay. Right. It's, it's more about how that item is or isn't being used. And for example, let's take a magazine, for example, in and of itself, it's just a magazine. It's, it's just an object. It's not really clutter. But when that magazine hasn't been read for two weeks or maybe two months or even mm-hmm. a year, and it's just sitting on the top of you know, a stack of other magazines that are then just you know, like sitting on top of your desk, which you're not able to use because you have all these stacks now, and stacks of magazines. Now it's magazine. clutter, right? Now it's clutter. Right. And, so, and that's what I want you to think about is that you have objects, but once it's starting to evade your space and, again, your peace, that's when it becomes clutter. So, so kind of like uh, even taking this into the cartoon realm, you know, the skateboard that's on the stairs that the kid leaves there, you know, the skateboard itself isn't clutter. I mean, if it was neatly placed in the closet or whatever, it's fine. But right. when it's on the stairs for somebody to step on as they're going down the stairs. There you go. Right. That's it. So, so for the rest of this topic, let's just consider clutter as anything we don't need, want, or use that takes our time, energy, and serenity. Okay. okay. So let's just kind of keep that in mind. So, sounds good. That's our working definition for the day then. Okay. So that's all fine and dandy, right? But you know me. I, I'm a gal that likes specifics, right? <laughs> right, so, right. Give me some examples. So, right? so yeah. So I thought, you know, I like examples. I'm like, great. I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, but can you give me some specifics so I can relate better? So that's what I'm going to do here for you is that I'm going to give you some, you know, plain examples of what clutter is. So one thing is, is that you can think of clutter is things that are expired, like your food items in the pantry that are just outdated and expired, medicine. Um, a lot of folks just don't realize that yeah. medicines actually have expiration dates on them, and then folks just kind of keep accumulating them. That's clutter. And toiletry items. Um, a lot of like makeups and jams and jellies, lotions and things like that, those things actually do expire. And you just keep c- accumulating those. That can be clutter. Okay. Okay. Duplicate items. That's another thing that can be considered cluttered. So, for example, if you have like three coffee makers in the house yeah. and you really only use one, but you have like three, you like you didn't get rid of the old one, you got a new one, a new current model, but you still kept the old one, but you never use it, that's probably clutter. Yeah. Or if you've got four vacuums, you know, you replace it with the new model and you still have two, or maybe even one's broken, that's clutter. Yeah, and the, the garage is usually a graveyard for a lot of things like that, too. Yeah, a lot it? of duplicate items. Yeah. Yep, you have a lot of, you know, same screwdriver. You've got like 10 or 20 of them, you know. So, duplicate items. Things that belong to someone else, stuff that you know that you haven't, that you've <laughs> borrowed, but you've never returned, <laughs> that could be clutter, too. Let alone, that's just a reminder of something you got to do. It's another to do, right? Yeah, it's something that's kind of left there hanging, right? Left there hanging. Yep. Like, oh, man, I meant to return that. And so then it's just another task. Other things that are considered clutter are broken toys, broken dishes, broken appliances and tools. That Isn't you it crazy? Need. I mean, we do keep broken stuff. And I don't know why that is. I think it's, I understand if you don't have a lot, but when you do have a lot and when you do have an abundance and you still have broken items, it's difficult to understand why do you still keep that. And maybe it's because you think you might be able to fix it or has some other use for it. Well, guys will keep a lot of that stuff for the parts. Come on. Yeah, the parts. It's about you the, parts. the parts. You know? Yeah, I know, and a lot of my clients that are into crafts and stuff, they'll keep just broken little items because they might be able to make some type of art or some kind of craft project out of it. Um, another thing that can be considered clutter is outgrown toys. You know, 
maybe you've got like a six or seven year old, but you still have all the little baby uh, yeah. infant toys. You might be able to let that go. Good call. Um, clothes you've grown out of. Yeah. That could be clutter. Knickknacks that don't really serve any purpose. And, you know, it's okay to have some knickknacks that are like maybe reminders or mementos. But when you have like a, you know, an entire wall dedicated to nothing but knickknacks, then that might be considered clutter. And gifts, gifts that like, let's face it, you never really liked never in the liked first them. place. Yeah. <laughs> we all get vic- you know, fall victim to that. We'll get these gifts that we really didn't yeah. care for. I wouldn't be seen dead in that reindeer sweater in a million years. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or hand-me-downs or inherited items that, you know, that you'll never use, but you're keeping it out of a sense of obligation. And just-in-case items, you know, those things that you keep just for an emergency. Uh, Justin. Justin. We talk about him all the time. Ain't nobody got time for Justin. <laughs> and some other things that can be said of clutter are things that you have, and you really have no idea why you have them. All right. You're, okay, what? I know you're, I'm looking you're at Dan right now. Okay, so the edit and forget it challenge, right? Yeah. We, we started off that with a bang, actually. We got rid of quite a few things, but Dan comes out from the closet, and he's like, I have absolutely no recollection hey, of these shoes. And w- wait a second. These these shoes are like brand new. And I'm telling you, I almost called the cops. Somebody broke into our house. <laughs> All right. And put these new shoes in my in a box. In, in a box, in one my, of our boxes. Yeah. I think I think it was a put pocket or whatever. It was a what? A put pocket. A put- <laughs> So, so I've never, I don't have no recollection of buying those shoes. Now they're definitely shoes that I probably they're would cool. have bought. They're cool looking shoes. They're cool you know? looking, you know, but flops. But I have no. And as soon as I put them on, I felt like Cinderella or whatever her name is. Like that fits. It's perfect. You know. And I had to laugh because actually I deal with that a lot with my clients, or they'll say. You know, I was looking for that, or they forget where they had things. Yeah. They forget that they even had stuff. So I thought that was hilarious. But he has absolutely no recollection of things. I don't. That he- and I have a memory like a steel trap. Yeah. Oh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> okay. Some other things that can be considered clutter are are things that cause safety concerns. That might pose a hazard. Like if you have to make a goat trail because of the <laughs> mouths of Yeah, clutter. the goat trail through the living room. <laughs> and I know we're making light of this, but but seriously, when when something could be a hazard, like if you're just you're blocking exits out of the house because yeah. Where's of the lunch the meat? Yeah, it's right next to the gallon of gas in yeah, the refrigerator. Probably not good. Yeah. Probably not good. <laughs> and then finally here is obsolete and outdated papers. I can't tell you. That's probably the, one of the number one things that I deal with with my paper clients. Clutter. Everybody, because everybody yeah. deals with paper clutter, and yeah. a lot of it is just stuff that they can probably get rid of. And that's you know I don't want to say it's all a generational thing, but I mean I would venture to guess that while paper clutter is common to everybody in older generations, if you you had to have that piece of paper, sure, you know before things were digital, right? You know they people, put a huge huge value on yeah. that physical piece of paper, so I can understand that yep. people still feel compelled to keep that and file those those documents away. Now, I do want to mention some things that maybe are not so obvious, clutter items, things that aren't necessarily physical items, but can impact your lifestyle. Overcommitment is one. And we talked about this last week in our podcast. Yeah, the power of saying no. The one. power of saying yep. no because we, get, we overcommit ourselves to things. Well, those things can be clutter in your life and stress you out. Meaningless activity is another thing. And duplication of effort, you know, activity that is either unfulfilling or serves no real purpose. You, you know just, what I hate? What? What's that? 
when you go to the doctor's office, right? Uh-huh. And they, they, you know, you go in, you sign in, and then they hand you the clipboard with the three sheets that you got to fill out. Right. And then, on, like, at the top of every single one of them, you got to fill out the same thing. Oh, and yeah. then half them on the, it's like, come on. Or what about in the military when we'd have to go every, every single time? Folks, listen to this. Every single time we went to go to a doctor's appointment, and they have systems that talk to each other, the right. computer, we had to answer the same questionnaire every single yeah. time. And it's like, isn't that in the system? Don't you know that I'm not a smoker? Yeah. I'm not a, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't have these other symptoms. I'm good. I'm telling right. you, if I were, you know, but it's just so crazy that they ask yeah. you the same questions. And yes, I still speak English. I guess know. it serves a purpose, but, you know, to you, to, yeah. to, the, to them it serves a purpose, but to us it's kind of, <laughs> like you said, it's meaningless activity. Right. Um, okay, so another not so obvious clutter item is old resentments, ill feelings, or unresolved issues that you have that you may be harboring. Ooh. Okay, I deal with this actually quite a bit with my clients that they're still just they're hurt or they're angry, and that really kind of stops them from kind of dealing with with clutter and moving on with their lives. Unsatisfying relationships that is another one. And this could be at work or in your personal life or in volunteer groups. But if you're in a relationship with someone that you know you're just not really getting anything out of, or maybe you're giving, 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 and you're not receiving, that can be clutter for you. Sure, that can be stressful. Unsatisfying work is another item. Whether this be paid work or work at home or volunteer work, when it's when you're not getting real satisfaction out of that, that can be stressful. Yeah, I guess when it doesn't have any, regardless if it's a relationship or work, if it doesn't have value to you, you don't you can't ascertain the value. Right. You wonder why am I why am I here? I could be spending my time better doing do something, something else. else. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then of course digital clutter um, that doesn't always equate to physical clutter unless you're printing out your documents. Right. <laughs> but still, those documents are online. You're dealing with just different information that you're gathering, either email or photos, online documents, whatever the case may be. But there is a lot of digital clutter out there. So so you got physical clutter and you've got some digital, yeah, clutter, digital clutter and then or some not so obvious types of clutter, like the relationship issues and things like that. So those are a few examples of what clutter is. But how do you know if clutter is affecting you? Because these are all great examples or, you know, it helps you give you a visual. But how do you know if it's really affecting you? Because you see the truth about clutter and accumulating more is that eventually you'll be overwhelmed by the physical clutter, which in turn will overwhelm you emotionally. Yeah, that's all connected. It is. I mean, you'll get stressed out. You'll have indecision. You'll feel guilty. And you're just not feeling good about basically your life in general. Right. So clutter slowly but steadily you know, it's it's crazy. It just slowly but steadily creeps into your life, <laughs> and it sucks the life out of you, really. Um, and it, then it probably it regenerates itself, right? Yeah. It's or maybe that's not the right word, but it uh, well, it compounds on it compounds. itself. That, that's a better word, yeah. yeah. And honestly, it can affect you mentally, but it can also affect your physical health as well. Sure. Um, you know, one of my favorite authors on organizing is Peter Walsh. You guys may have heard of him out there. He works with what's Oprah's network. Um, the OWN, okay. Oprah Winfrey Network. Oh, yeah, yep. That's right. Well, he has like a show on there and, and things, but in his book, It's All Too Much, he says, clutter robs you of far more than the space it occupies. It steals your life. And it's so true if you think about that. If you allow clutter to just really kind of just sneak into your life, it's not just taking up the physical space, but it is depriving you of so much more. So Yeah, I mean, really, it steals your ability to enjoy the other things in your life that you that you do enjoy. Right. Because really they're does. all just kind of crammed in there together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way we talk about this, 
you know, when we're not doing a podcast, it's just you and I sitting around and talking. We talk about this is the Simple Life Together podcast. And just because something is organized doesn't mean it's simple. And right. what we're trying to really do is eliminate a bunch of the clutter right? so we can organize what we have in a way that is simple for us. You're right. And I it, can organize clutter. Sure. And it can look good. I can make clutter look right. good. But it won't be simple. But it's not simple and it's still there. Right. So, so that's, how, that's how all of this stuff ties together, the right. simplicity, the organization, and, and the clutter. So. Yeah. so out there, if you're unsure if clutter is affecting your life, I'm going to offer you a few questions. I'm going to just a- ask a few questions for you to think about to so, see if it's affecting you. Yeah, so you can like do a little self-analysis to yeah, see how much yeah. this is affecting you. Or maybe, you, maybe you've got a loved one or someone else you care about that you may, be, may think that they um, are, have a little bit too much clutter in their life. But I'm just going to just offer you these, these questions and just for you to ponder and think about. The first one is, are you embarrassed to have people over because of the state of your home? Uh, and I would guess that probably... Everybody is at some point, right? Know? I mean, because we but, all can get our house can sure. all get our houses can all get chaotic at some point. Yeah, especially if you got kids or whatever. But so this is really if it if it's like this more often than it isn't, then that's probably an issue. Exactly. Huh? Okay. Um, do you have trouble finding things like your wallet, your glasses, your your checkbook, your keys, your bills, things like that? Your day to day items. If you have trouble finding those, and that happens on a daily basis. Then there's maybe some cause for concern. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's like if your your solution to that is like a flow chart, and the first step in that flow chart is yell "mom," <laughs> right? Oh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Another question is: Have you missed paying your bills? Now, I actually ask this when I'm dealing with my paper organizing clients, the folks that struggle with their you know the paper files. That's one of the first things I ask them because a lot of times they just they it's not that they can't afford to pay their bills. So regardless of your economic status, there's folks out there who just, it's because there's they no are, order, huh? there's just no order and they're consumed by their clutter. And so they, they're unable to pay their bills. So that's one of the first things that I ask about. Okay. Another question you can ask is, do you have rooms or items not being used for their intended purposes? Like, let's say, for example, you have a bed that is just being used as a storage yeah, area. Or a bathtub. Or a bathtub that you're just, you know, yeah, just storing a bunch of stuff in there that you're not even using the bathtub or the vanity or the toilet even. I mean, I actually have clients that, that that do that. They have entire bedrooms that are supposed to be either an office or a guest bedroom, and they're not using it because it's just overwhelmed with, with storage items or just clutter. Do you like to bargain hunt and love getting a good deal on items at the store? Ah, uh, the thrill of the, the, thrill the, thrill of the hunt. Yeah, the thrill yeah. of the hunt. You know, yeah. That might be an indicator that, that you are allowing a lot of clutter into your home, unnecessary and probably needless items in your home. And to piggyback on that, do you like to collect freebie items like oh, the at, swag bag? Yeah, yep. at, you know, at stores or an you event, go to a conference, or yeah. conference. I mean, you can go to a game, and you know how they they will pass out koozies like at a yeah. sporting. I event. need nine stress balls. Yeah, exactly. But right. and you know what's you know what's ironic about that? When I work with my clients, um, a lot of my business clients, because they go to a lot of different conferences, they'll have that bag there, their swag bag, and it's but it just sits there. They don't actually use. Like you said, you know, all these different lanyards and those stress balls and then different millions wow. of notepads and magnets and just ridiculous thing. And I understand it's all about promotional items. Right. But when you bring that back, now you have to deal with yeah. it. Ironic that the stress ball is actually causing stress. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Isn't it? So <laughs> another question you can ask yourself, do you have more possessions than can reasonably fit in your home? Like, wow. what, what do you say, Dan? What? 
<laughs> you can't fit, fit 10 pounds oh. of stuff in a five pound bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, having a military background, we, you captured the spirit of it. That's not exactly okay, what we so said. Okay, so stuff was yeah. replaced by a different word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, I use this with my clients. Flour. Too. You can't fit five, 10 pounds of flour in a, a five, five pound, pound bag. bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just, I can't make it work. I can do some amazing things, but I can't, I can't, right. I can't perform, perform miracles. Yeah. You can't reduce molecules. To, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just add water. And then the last thing I would have you ask is, are others in your life affected by your clutter? And are your relationships strained because of the state of your home? And that's huge. That's probably a telltale sign that if it's, if it's affecting the members of your home, then yeah. there probably is an issue. And I mean, probably the, the crazy high end of that scale is some of these hoarding shows that you see on TV. And it's like... Yeah, that's extreme. You know, and it some is. of them, they're all, you know, co... Enablers, co-enablers. Yeah, that's a good you term. Know, yeah. codependent, you know, but enabling each other. But yeah. in a lot of them, it's just like one person, and everybody else just has to deal with it. You right. know, and it can be very frustrating. And there's other issues involved with that, and that's why it's very important that those folks seek professional help. Right. But with listening to all those questions that I just kind of recited and asked, if you find yourself saying yes to many of those, like you might find yourself saying yes to one or two of those things and that's okay. It happens. Maybe that you just got a little hiccup in your life right now and it's just a temporary little disorganizational patch. But if you find yourself saying yes to even half of those or more, then clutter probably is, and probably no doubt is having a negative impact on your life. It's clutter is the culprit. Well, you know, can I throw in a little, sure. just a real quick case study that kind of talks about the relationships? Remember when we, uh, just a few years ago, probably the bane of your existence was that um, that part of the counter that's right above the dishwasher, where it's it was like the natural drop zone oh, when you yeah. came in the house. Everything got set on top of that part of the counter. Keys, wallets, phones, um, our cell phone chargers were plugged in there. Our new and it was bills, just, you know, mail, everything right, right there. And it was just, it was the natural spot because there was no other spot designated and we didn't have those habits developed. But then we built the cubbies. Oh, that, I love the cubbies. And uh, from a hollowed out column. And please don't say cubby hubby again. <laughs> and, you know I was going to. Yeah, I know. Don't bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Is, how's this working out for feedback? So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, once we built those cubbies and we took care of that, that, and I, I didn't know that that bothered you so much. That I mean, it kind of bothered me, but I know it, you're a little bit more sensitive to that stuff than I am. But once I built those cubbies, it was uh, it's it's worked oh, fine heaven. for the last what six years we've we've had those. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it's been it's been awesome. I guess it yeah, has six years. Yep. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I love that. You know, but you're right. That stuff just kind of it was affecting me negatively. And I, w- I would just get frustrated with it because it was just this this mess. And, you know, and I just pride myself on my home and I like to have peace and calm. And I think flat services, for the most part, need to be clear right. so they could be used, not just as a dumping ground. Cool. <laughs> so, but basically the bottom line here is when clutter is controlling you instead of you controlling it, that's probably a good sign to make a change. And so where do you start? Where do you go? If you kind of relate to some of these questions and, you know, light bulbs kind of going off or you're just got kind of like this concern. Well, there are some things that you can do. The first thing I would recommend is that just kind of educate yourself. You know, there's all types of resources out there. You can, you know, look at books, magazines, of course, listen to podcasts like you're listening to us. Oh, there you go. Check out different organizing websites. 
like mine. It's <laughs> a, a simple life together, and we approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> now, you could also take classes. You know, there's some adult continuing education classes that do offer courses on how to organize and things like that. There's also some certification courses out there that's usually more in line for professional organizers or people who are trying to learn to become a professional organizer. But you may want to take a class that, to help you kind of acknowledge the process. And if you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer, that might be the way to go. Train yourself right. on how to get organized. And of course, you can also check out the National Association of Professional Organizers, which I'm a member of. Um, they have it's a great website, but it has you know different resources for you there too to help kind of get you educated on the on the profession of organizing, but also on things. Some in, they give you some ideas on some indicators on if you might need help. That's called NAPO, right? So if they were looking online, they can look for NAPO, yeah. right? Um, you know, there's also professional organizations out there, such as the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. They help folks that are with that are chronically disorganized, and they help hoarders. So that's a really good um, website to go to, too. And um, Clutter is Anonymous, which I talked about earlier. They also have some good information and resources. But you could also seek help from a professional organizer. Like you. Like me. Uh, and professional organizers, they work in different areas. Some work in the home, some work in businesses, some work specifically on productivity, uh, chronic disorganization, and even hoarding. But there's just a vast array of different services that they provide. So that's kind of a list for if you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer, you want to look for free books, magazines, podcasts, and websites in general. Okay. And I think the first start is just to kind of educate yourself as far as just get some information. Get on the internet and just start looking for stuff, and then that helps you out. Of course, you have an entire website. Um, GetSimplifies.com that's dedicated solely to getting organized and control yeah. your clutter and everything. Yeah, I've got tons of written posts and a lot of videos, probably about, I don't know, probably about 70, 70 videos, videos yeah. yeah, that have you know some how-to videos that kind of give you a start and an idea of how you can help uh, get organized. And or, you do like uh, virtual organizing and consulting. and Yeah, and, thanks. Yep. That's right, I do. <laughs> I do. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, if, you, so if you're interested in, in learning a little bit more, or I can help, yeah. I can, no matter where you are in the world. No matter where yep. you're in the world, I can help with the questions and do some consultation with you. So, But yeah, so that's at the GetSimplifies.com website. So you can check that out. But the fact of the matter is there are tons of resources out there. It's just a matter of taking the time to tap into them. Lots so. of stuff available for free to help you simplify and organize your, your life. life. Yep. So. so, okay, enough about clutter. All right, let's talk about some calm. All right, Communication. Calm. All right, well, today I wanted to talk a little bit about communication. And uh, it just kind of seems like communication should be so simple and natural, but often it's just not. It's not, no. So, but I think... Uh, universally effective communication is a common goal for most people. Right. Right. There's some people out there who don't want to communicate, but I think most people do. And everyone who's a party in that communication has some responsibilities in that communication. And that just doesn't always happen. Right. And I know you and I, I mean, we pride ourselves on our communication. Yeah. We, but we still have, we still have to work on it. I think well, everybody does. Everybody know? does, you know, but I mean, we've got pretty good communication, but there's times where it's like, how did you not get what I was saying? Right. Well, and that's usually called breakdown in communication. We got a breakdown. Right. So, <laughs> but when we say there's a breakdown in communication, more often than not, it's a case of somebody who's not meeting their responsibilities in, in the process, in the communication hmm. process. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about and share today were a couple of techniques that can help simplify communication a bit. And you can use these at home or at work or at school, wherever, it doesn't matter. And if you think these help 
I'm going to go over, I think there's three of them today, but if you think these help, let me know. And I have a couple of more that I would like to share in a future show if you think they're helpful. Cool. So I'm going to preface this right up front that these are techniques I learned long, long, long ago as part of my military training. And they, and they served me well throughout my entire time in the military and when I was teaching at university. So, right. so that's where I picked these up. These aren't original thoughts, and I, I certainly can't take credit for them. But uh, the first one I want to talk about is the sender message receiver feedback model. So four uh, four elements there. Sender, message, oh, receiver, and feedback. This is sounding familiar. You've heard this one before, right? <laughs> so the theory here is that there are four main actors in effective communication. And if one of them is out of sync, then there's likely going to be some breakdown. And so you're going to have ineffective communication. So I'll break each one of those down. Sender, message, receiver, and feedback. Great. The sender... I need to know because you keep telling this to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I think, you know, it's one of those, I'm nodding, I, th- I yeah. think I get it. Well, in my military circles, <laughs> these were common, and yours maybe not, not as much. But. So the sender is the one responsible for initiating the communication. Before the sender attempts to communicate, they, need, they should have a reasonable expectation that the message that they're going to send is going to be received. That sounds like pretty fair, much common sense. Fair enough. But when, you know, take a kid, for example, that they're in their bedroom with the door closed and they start yelling, mom, mom, <laughs> mom. I mean, there's, they have some, you they know, no idea. fantasy Why? expectation that, you know, mom's just going to appear there, right? Yeah, mom, I was calling right? you. I'm like, yeah, I was well, calling, I yeah. hear you. Did, exactly. Where were you? <laughs> yeah. So pretty frustrating, I know, but you know, like the the saying, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and there's you know no one there to hear it, does it still make a sound? Well, that that's just ineffective communication on the tree's part, all right. So, oh, all right, that good. Maybe that that was a bit of a stretch, but but the sender is also responsible for analyzing the receiving audience before they form their message to ensure the message can be understood. That sounds like a, a lot of mumbo jumbo, but they have to make sure that the message is formed in the correct language, at the right education level, the right tone. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it's culturally correct, situationally correct. Any jargon that they use should be easily understood by the receiver, and the message should be clear and concise and in the proper form. What do you mean? I mean, so just what you were just saying with the language and all that stuff? Well, yeah, but the proper form. Like, Say if, for instance, uh, say, for instance, I ask you to run to the store and pick something up for me. Okay. So you get in your car, you go into the store, you're getting ready to pick something up, and I and I was like, oh boy, I needed to get this too. So the proper form of communication would not be sitting down and writing a letter and dropping it in the mailbox, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, I would call you or send okay. a text, or, okay, or or just give up the dream or, altogether, right? Right, or just make the run, or, or just send you back out as soon as you get home. Oh you know? no way! I'm so, like, you right. gotta call yourself a go. <laughs> So that's making sure that it's in it's in the right form. Okay. So we've covered the sender and the message. We got to make sure that those those two elements are squared away. Okay. And then the next is we have the receiver, and the receiver has responsibilities too. Receivers need to actively listen, not just hear, but they have to actively listen mm-hmm. for effective communication to take place. Oh, he's laughing, and so am I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually uh, the. I'm jumping right into feedback, aren't I? No. no. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is yeah. Actually, I'm kind of I can get pretty bad about this. And you know what's ironic too is that besides stress balls <laughs> causing stress, what <laughs> is I um I took a a listener class, an active listening class yeah. in college, and I aced it with a hundred percent. Really? And yeah, it's, yeah. You're shocked, aren't yeah. you? Do you remember much of it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
you're that, like, how that did that happen? Me. Yeah, how does. does that happen? <laughs> so anyway, if the receiver is in a situation where communication is taking place, they're again, they're expected to be actively listening. So like say you're in the classroom and you're wearing earbuds, you know, that pretty much precludes your ability to hear the message. <laughs> right. and, and honestly, it's probably going to offend the sender. Right. And there's just not going to be effective communication happening. Makes so sense. the receiver has uh, one last major responsibility. The last part of the sender message receiver feedback equation there is feedback. Okay. Right? The feedback tells the sender that the message was received and whether the receiver understood it or not. I mean, how frustrating is it when you communicate with somebody and all you get back is a blank stare? Yeah, like, uh, okay. So, yeah, not traveling. Yeah. Or, or even, I mean, even in today's communication, you send a text or an email or leave a voicemail and you're, they're not, you don't get any reply. Right. So, the receiver has the responsibility to provide feedback. And if the receiver gives no feedback, then the sender needs to assume that the effective communication didn't take right, place. Right. And that the, the sender needs to either like reformulate and resend the message or ask for feedback. So, it sounds Pretty simple, right? right uh-huh. But there's a couple additional points to highlight on this thing is uh, that whole thing about, well, I sent you a message. You know, that, that's, that's, cause for, that's cause for poor communication that we have now. Like, oh, I, I sent you an email, you know, or I sent you a text. Well, I didn't, that doesn't guarantee that I got it. So what do you recommend to improve that feedback? Do you recommend, like, right in the subject line or the very first thing is, I need you to reply to me this date, here's the message, or right. here's what I... Re- you need to be very direct right. about- And if I don't hear back from you by such and such a date, I will assume uh, this, okay. yep. right? Very cool. So um, that's a sender, message, uh, receiver, and feedback. Okay. Okay? So, um, you know, even in, even in military operations, you rehearse before you execute a mission, right? Right. So, and there's all different levels of rehearsal, and... You know, you could do a full force for rehearsal, long, you know, with a, with step a, by step, you know, attacking a mock village, whatever. But the minimum method of rehearsal is called a brief back, and that's when the you know the leaders go down the line and they ask you know the the personnel uh, they ask them a question and expect them to be briefed back. So, what is your responsibility in this? And they're supposed to they're supposed to brief you back, just like with the kids. We do with the kids. We yes. do. We do this all. That's a great example because, yep. like, with my daughter, I'll say, "Okay, I give her like three tasks." Usually, I don't give her any more than three because yeah. I know she probably can't handle I don't, three. I don't take more than three, and if it's more than three, I write. Dan doesn't even write it down. I, and, 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 am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's more than three. Write it down. Yep. <laughs> Go to the grocery store. So much store. for that steel trap, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but with, with our with our kids, we'll yep. say, "Okay, I, you give them the task, and they say, "Okay, so what I tell you? First, I'll ask. Do you understand, do you understand me?" And, of course, the response is, yes, Mommy. And I'm like, okay, tell me what I told you. Yeah. What did I say? What's the task? And then she'll be like, uh, can you tell me again? Yeah. <laughs> or she'll repeat it back. She got it. So, you you know, what you do is you point your finger out and you get your best full metal jacket voice on and say, <laughs> the minimum method of rehearsalist feedback I told you to do. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's, but, but that's the way you to do it. Isn't? Do that voice? No, not the, no, oh, I, I know it's not a girl. <laughs> so, all righty, let's go. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. The next technique I want to talk about is a way to make sure that tasks that you give out you give out properly, and they include guidelines and expectations. So we've all been in situations where we're given a task, and sometimes the task itself is vague, or most likely the expectations are vague. So if that happens, and it does. Try using the task, condition, standard, and time technique. All right, another one I've heard. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to kind of give an example, and then I'll explain the terms, and then I'll give another example. Great. So your spouse calls uh, or leaves a note that says, "Pick up some eggs." 
And then that night, your spouse gets home, goes to make the evening meal, and, and oops, no eggs, mm-hmm. right? And you say, well, I'm going to do the shopping tomorrow. What, what are they going to say? Well, I needed them for tonight, right? I needed them right now. Well, like, what? Well, you didn't say that. Uh-huh. Well, you, I, I said get some eggs. When did you think? I, well, I didn't know. <laughs> so, is, exactly. I mean, isn't that the, kind of the standard line with a lot of arguments? Yes. How, how they start? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, obviously, the task was vague and the expectations were vague. Here's a solution that you can use. And it's so commonplace in, in a lot of military circles that it's taken for granted. And again, it's called task, condition, standard, and time. And here's each, what each one of those means. The task is what needs to be done. And we'll give examples of these here in a minute. Okay. The good. condition are your resources or the situation. Okay. Right? The standard, that's pretty much self-explanatory, but you need to make it specific. And the time is how much time you have to accomplish the task or when the task needs to be done. So that could be by a certain time, or it could be time-driven or event-driven. So like, say, I need you to you do this, know, do this by, by noon, oh. or say, your kid's got the car in the, in the driveway, and say, I need you to move your car out before dad gets home. That's an event-driven task. Okay. Or you can say, I need you to move your car out of the driveway before five o'clock tonight, you know? Okay. So. Or you've got 10 minutes to finish this task. Right, exactly. Okay. So let's, let's stick with the buying eggs example, right? Sounds good. So the task, the task is to buy eggs. Okay. All right. right. And the condition again, remember that's the resources of the situation. So the condition is you have the time to do it. Obviously you have the availability to do it. You have money. You're in proximity to the store. Okay. So it's okay. You have the, you have the ability, the capability to get this done. So those are your conditions. The standard is. All right, now this is where there's there's specific things that you really get you get more specific on it is call if you can't pick up the, the eggs, all right? Okay. Or don't get the white eggs. I want the big brown organic eggs from the happy hippie chickens or whatever the <laughs> what? you know the, the free rain free love chickens. <laughs> the free love chickens, yeah. the happy hippie chickens. Huh? <laughs> yep. So I don't want the white eggs, I want the brown eggs, all right? <laughs> That's the standard, all right? all right? And the time is I get home at five o'clock and I need them as soon as I get home today. Okay. So you don't have to say pick them up at three o'clock. You, just, you say they need, need to be them. home okay. when I get home and I get home at five o'clock. Okay. So that's task, condition, standard, and time. And if you get used to giving directions or guidelines or, or what we used to call orders in, in that format, they won't be vague and they'll be easily understood. Right. All right. So, all right, I'm going to cover one more bonus tip since we have some time. Most of us were probably taught in school to use the old uh, who, what, when, where, why, and how, how method uh-huh. for, yeah, for written communication. Well, if you've gotten away from this, you may want to kind of revive that habit. It's a great method of communication. But what I would do is maybe add some of the necessary elements of the task, condition, standard, and time in there when applicable. Like say you're sending a party invitation. The old five W's and the how explain almost all the basics. But adding the standard could sure help when it comes to things like, what do you always always ask me? What am I supposed to wear? What am I supposed to wear? And I'm like, I don't know. So you put the standard (laughs) in there. Right. You know, here in Texas, it's... Usually shorts all the time. It's cowboy, cowboy <laughs> casual or country casual, there whatever. You go, right? That's, you know, boots and a hat and press your jeans. <laughs> so if it's a costume party and they don't know that, or if it's not a costume party and they Pro- wear one, that's probably a bad thing. Probably get another standard. Right. right? Okay. So <laughs> the, the five W's and in in how plus the standard would, would definitely help there. So and, okay. and here's a quick tech tip for you. We've talked a lot about Gmail. You could build one of those canned responses like the one that you talked about a couple of episodes ago, right? Remember that? The, right, uh-huh. Build a canned response, and then when you need anything in that format, you just pop it in. 
that's so, cool. And, and really, no matter what email system you use, you could just build a, a template and just do a, a draft email, save it in your drafts. That gives me an idea that I, I'm sorry. I no, you, go ahead. No, it gives me an idea to use that, you know, with the canned statements. I've been doing that using the op order, the operations order format for some of my clients when I'm building an action plan. That's one that I was going to talk about another time. Oh, I'm sorry. Jumping ahead here, folks. Now but I'm just thinking I could probably, <laughs> but if I can put that in there too, at least keep those in there yep. as part of the, the action plan, that's a great idea. Yeah, pop in okay. a canned statement, fill in the blanks. Bob's your that's uncle. Yep. Got it. All right. So, oh, I just want to complete my thought on the other one. So any email system, you can build a draft email, okay. save it in your drafts folder, and then when you need to use it, you pull it up out of your drafts folder, copy it into a new email, and then you're good to go. You can okay. use that in Outlook or whatever. All right? Good. Good tip. So, okay. So there you got it. That's two not so secret, but potentially <laughs> helpful military tips for communication. And uh, one reminder for the old school five W's and how with a little bit of military spin on it. I like it. And, uh, and a quickie tech tip. So all to help you with more simple and effective communication. Okay. So again, so the first one, one more time. Okay. The first first one, one was, was the sender, receiver, se- message. Sender, message, receiver, receiver and feedback. feedback. All right. Okay. All have responsibilities All have in the responsibilities. process. Yep. Okay. And then the second one was task, condition, condition standard, standard, and time. time. And then the third one was the old five, five W's, W's and, and how. But and then, include the standard in there, some of these tips. You're all over it. Boy, I'm good. I'm you're good, good, girl. Well, you're a good instructor. That's why I married you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. right so on. that's all I got. And again, if, if uh, these communication tips help and you want some more super secret communication <laughs> tips, secret. just let me know and I can include some in a future episode. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Dan. Sure. Now I guess it's time for the thing segment. The thing segment. Right, Here we up. go. All right. Well, my thing is very simple. I love quality. And I've mentioned that I'm a frugal gal, but there are a few things I don't mind spending a little extra money on. And, you know, to me, quality is also value. Like, for example, this this pair of Vera Wang boots that I got. Now, they are originally probably about $500. But I, $500. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I, was, <laughs> I got them for 200 And actually, that was a lot of money, too, for me, to be honest with you. But I knew that they were boots, and I knew that they were made of good leather. And so right. I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get these. And you know what? I really got great value out of them because... They've lasted me for over two years now. They're super comfortable. You wear those. All I wear the them time. all the time. Yeah. They're a little bit fashionable. I can wear them with shorts, with a skirt, with a dress, with pants, and you know, a bunch of different outfits. And they're just to me, they're just they're practical for me. And so I got a lot of value out of that. And so, you know, Dan and I talk about things being simple. Well, sometimes you know, quality kind of comes in there because I could get a bunch of different things. You know, I could have got cheaper. Simple isn't being cheap and saving money all the time. Um, I was able to use my money effectively in a, in a, for yeah, a good and, value, right? And they're kind of universal that you can wear them with so many different... Exactly. So to me, it was like I kind of balanced all those things out, and it's been worth it. It's kind of like my saddleback leather bag, too. That was yeah. a, quite a bit, you know... That was a good, good chunk, chunk of change. change. <laughs> but that's guaranteed for life. It's guaranteed for life. If I have any issues with it, I could... But I've had I've had no issues with it. I love it. It's practical for me. I've used it. I haven't bought any other bag since... And that this is going on, again, over two years now. So, again, I like when you get something that's of good quality, sometimes it's worth you know spending that, that money on. So yeah, that's my thing. Pretty simple, I but agree. that's my thing. So my thing is the spreadsheet function in Google Docs. And in some places it's called Google Drive. But I don't use spreadsheets a lot, but, uh, but I love the functionality of them in Google Docs. And they keep track of all the older versions, so... 
If I make a mistake, I can always restore it to an earlier version. Plus, you know, you and I, we work on the sheet at the same time. Right. And everything syncs. I love that we can, yeah, we can be working on it. We can just throw out ideas. And I can see his corrections as he's making it, and he can see mine. Great. And I use them for online forms too, and like they're super easy. They they work essentially the same as an Excel spreadsheet, but for power users, they you know they may or may not have all the same functionality of Excel. Right. But for people like me, you know, I pr- basically still count on my fingers and toes, and so they're great, <laughs> you know, because I don't right. use a lot of spreadsheets. Right. And uh, but you can even use the forms for function, um, the forms function for surveys. On websites and the emails, you name it. So it's that's a really neat little function on on uh, Google Docs, and I'm using them now to track all of, all of our stuff for the Edit and Forget It challenge too. I mean, they're functional, they're super simple, and that's my thing of the week. Yeah, and share them, and of course, if it's on Google, yeah, you access sh- to them exactly. You can share them with whoever needs them and have multiple contributors. So really cool. That's great. Okay, so it's onto the feedback segment, right? Right. Okay, so we got some feedback from Emily. She said. Found you through Cliff's podcast. Great first show. I look forward to catching up and then keeping up with it. You have inspired me to continue on with my own Simple Living podcast that I recorded twice and then stopped and have been waffling about whether to keep it going. Well, that's awesome. And I wrote her back and I said, make sure she lets us know how to find her podcast. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Back out again. Very cool. So we had another one, too, from on iTunes from I hope I say this right. Mama Birney wrote. Great tips to start 2013 outright. This is the first time I've listened to a podcast, and I'm glad I listened to this one. It was a great use of time, and the hosts provide great practical advice that can be implemented right away to help simplify your life. That's uh, awesome. That's exactly what we're here for. We, we made the first, a good first impression. That's great. <laughs> Thank so, you, Mama Bernie. <laughs> very, very cool. Okay, so that's it for Episode 10 of Simple Life Together. Today, I talked about how clutter can affect your life, and Dan leaked out some secret military communication techniques. <laughs> Way to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa's thing was how quality is more important to her than quantity a lot of the time. And my thing was the simple and versatile spreadsheet function in Google Docs, aka Google Drive. So that'll do it for today. We're blessed to be able to share some ideas and some of our experiences as we journey toward a simpler life in the modern world. And we'd like to hear some of your experiences, too. To make sure you don't miss an episode, the best thing to do is subscribe to the show. You can find us in iTunes, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast directories. Or you can go to simplelifetogether.com slash RSS and subscribe there as well. If you get the chance, review the show on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher the show is in the listings, and that's how people find us. Just go to Simple Life Together in iTunes, scroll down to the Customer Reviews area, and there you'll see Write a Review. It helps us out a lot. Remember, you can find all the show notes at simplelifetogether.com that have links for everything we talk about today. And while you're there, sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge in the left sidebar. We also have additional blog posts and lots of information there that hasn't been on the show. Connect with us on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Hayes and Vanessa is at Get Simplified. You can find links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on simplelifetogether.com. As always, we love to hear from you, so be sure to leave comments below the show notes or a voicemail on the site. Feel free to plug your show or site, and we'll talk about it on a future episode. Of course, you can send us an email, smoke signals, carrier pigeon, telegram, <laughs> candygram, any way you'd like. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.